Hello and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies with your speaker, Chris McCann. If you'd like more information or to hear more studies, visit our website at www.ebiblefellowship.com. And now, with your evening Bible study, here's Chris McCann. Good evening and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Book of Revelation. Tonight is study number 3 of Revelation chapter 16. We're going to be reading verses 3 and 4. Revelation 16, verse 3. And the second angel poured out his vial upon the sea, and it became as the blood of a dead man, and every living soul died in the sea. And the third angel poured out his vial upon the rivers and fountains of waters, and they became blood. And I'll stop reading there. Now this, uh, once again, is the going forth of the seven messengers of God who represent the true believers acting at the command of God, accomplishing the will of God to pour out the vials of the seven last plagues. It's not the beginning of the plague or the beginning of judgment upon the house of God. There there would be no way that could be the seven last plagues if it was picturing judgment beginning at the house of God. No, these are the final judgments of God upon the world, and that's why in, in verse 1 and verse 2, the Lord said, Go your ways and pour out the vials of the wrath of God upon the earth. It It's the judgment on the whole world in the day of judgment. And the seven messengers are the true believers, the body of Christ, that are going forth, accomplishing the will of God through simply the sharing of the Bible's message. Now, the Bible itself, it has become bitter water, according to Revelation 10. It is full of wrath, and and therefore, whenever true believers are turning to the Bible, sharing what the Bible has to say, it is just like pouring out a vial full of wrath. And, and that's why uh, the Lord is using this picture, because there is no more salvation. Well, in verse 3, it says, And the second angel, or messenger, poured out his vial upon the sea, and it became as the blood of a dead man. Now, man is in italics, and it's not in the original Greek text. So uh, we could read that it became as the blood of a dead one. And every living soul died in the sea. The turning of the waters to blood reminds us of the awful plague that the Lord brought upon Egypt in the days of Moses. We read in Exodus chapter 7. We're going to read a few verses here in Exodus 7 beginning in verse 17. Thus saith Jehovah, in this thou shalt know that I am Jehovah. Behold, I will smite with the rod that is in mine hand upon the waters which are in the river, and they shall be turned to blood. And the fish that is in the river shall die, and the river shall stink, and the Egyptians shall loathe to drink of the water of the river. And Jehovah spake unto Moses, saying to Aaron, 
Take thy rod and stretch out thine hand upon the waters of Egypt, upon their streams, upon their rivers, and upon their ponds, and upon all their pools of water, that they may become blood, and that there may be blood throughout all the land of Egypt, both in vessels of wood and in vessels of stone. And Moses and Aaron did so as Jehovah commanded, and he lifted up the rod and smote the waters that were in the river in the sight of Pharaoh and in the sight of his servants, and all the waters that were in the river were turned to blood. And the fish that was in the river died, and the river stank, and the Egyptians could not drink of the water of the river, and there was blood throughout all the land of Egypt. What a terrible judgment of God this was upon the Egyptians. Of course, water is a necessity. It is a great need for man. And and God struck them. He smote their waters, their, their Nile River. He smote their streams and rivers and ponds and all the pools of water. The water of Egypt turned to blood. And this caused the fish to die and the river to stink. Of course, all the dead fish or, or dead creatures in the waters would uh, help to bring that awful stinking savor uh, to the smell of the Egyptians and it, it, in a way, it reminds us of Lazarus, remember, that he stinketh, we were told, and because he had been dead for four days already. Well, Revelation 16 says the waters turned to blood as of a dead one. It's giving forth a stinking savor, and, and it causes the fish, the living creatures in the sea, to die. The, the same word that is translated as stink or stank in uh, these verses in Exodus 7 is also used in Ecclesiastes 10 in verse 1. Dead flies cause the ointment of the apothecary to send forth a stinking savor. So doth a little folly him that is in reputation for wisdom and honor. Now the ointment of the apothecary that's a, a precise blend or concoction. And God um, gave specific instructions for the ointment, for the ingredients that, that were to be used in service to the sacrifices. And the ingredients by God are precise. And one alteration, one little fly... A dead fly accidentally falls into the ointment of the apothecary. It changes the uh, the mix. It it makes it something other than the perfect ointment of the apothecary, and therefore it sends forth a stinking savor. And that pictures the gospel of the Bible, which is to be unaltered. It is not to be changed or perverted you know the word perverted means to change it is it is not to be turned from grace to works it is the perfect 
gospel ingredients designed by God, given by God, and men are not to play with it. They're not to add a little bit of work or a little of their their own ideas in any way. As soon as they do, they turn that lovely aroma, that wonderful uh, savor that ascends up to God and, and it is pleasing to his nostrils into a stinking savor. And that's the idea uh, with these waters of Egypt, with the waters in Revelation 16, as we know that water typifies the gospel. And the uh, waters of Egypt, as Egypt typifies the world, are turned to blood. Now, God says this uh, in a couple of other places, Psalm 78, in verses 43 and 44, how he had wrought his signs in Egypt and his wonders in the field of Zon, and had turned their rivers into blood and their floods that they could not drink. And also in Psalm 105 and verse 29, it says in that verse, he turned their waters into blood and slew their fish. So we have really two um, things that happen once the waters are turned to blood. The fish die, and the Egyptians loathe to drink of the water of the river. They they cannot drink of this uh, this bloody river or or the the bloody water, as all the waters of Egypt have been turned to blood. They cannot drink it, and and if you can't drink water, you will die. And that's the idea, as the water of the gospel is is now ruined, it is gone. The gospel that flowed forth as rivers of water, remember the language, the beautiful language um, that we find in the book of Isaiah, for example, that God turns the wilderness into rivers of water, and... He did this during the church age as he sent forth the gospel into the nations of the world. There were streams and rivers of water. He did this especially in the second part of the Great Tribulation outside of the churches and congregations where where God sent forth the latter rain and rain forms streams and ponds and rivers. And so the gospel water... Uh, was multiplied and sent forth to the nations of the world outside of the churches and the congregations and and truly the the uh, the word of God the knowledge of God covered the earth like the waters cover the sea it was a tremendous outpouring of the bible's commandments and declarations concerning judgment day warning the world that their time was short, that they must seek the Lord while he may be found, because the day is quickly coming, May 21, 2011, in which the door will shut, and the gospel water that is um, so readily available at that point, in that day of salvation, would cease to flow. The latter rain would stop, the rivers would dry up, the water that was so plentiful 
would no longer be found. And and uh, the drying of the rivers is uh, really another way of looking at the same thing. If we look at uh, Isaiah 50, it says in Isaiah 50, uh, verse 2, Wherefore, when I came, was there no man? When I called, was there none to answer? Is my hand shortened at all, that it cannot redeem? Or have I no power to deliver? Behold, at my rebuke, I dry up the sea. I make the rivers a wilderness. Their fish stinketh, because there is no water and dieth for thirst. And we can see the similar uh, results occur when you dry up the river and it becomes a dry uh, river bed and there's no water. Well, the fish die and they stink. And people cannot drink of the river any longer. Well, that's the same thing. When the water turns to blood, the fish die, the river gives forth a stinking savor, and the people cannot drink. It really accomplishes the, the exact same thing. And, and both ideas point to the same truth. It is judgment day. And the sending forth of the gospel has ended. It is uh, uh, the end of God's salvation plan. He is not uh, using the the gospel any longer to save sinners. And the fish dying points to that because fish in the Bible spiritually represents men. We read in uh, Matthew chapter 4. Matthew 4, verses 18 and 19. And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brethren, Simon called Peter and Andrew his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. And he saith unto them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And they straightway left their nets and followed him. Jesus would make them fishers of men. And how would he do that? By giving them his word, equipping them, qualifying them to uh, to bring forth the word of God. And as they, they would do so, that would be spiritually as though they were fishing. And the, the word of God would catch a sinner, one of God's elect, and... The word of God would draw that individual. That's the, the language of the Bible. That, um, no man does come to God except the Father draw him. And the word would draw him ever closer, just like a man reeling in a fish, until he experienced the salvation of God, and then he's safely caught in the net of uh, God's salvation uh, through the gospel. We, we read in Habakkuk that God uses exactly that imagery, but in this case he's referring to individuals that have false gospels, and he says in Habakkuk 1 verse 13, Thou art of purer eyes than to behold evil, and canst not look on iniquity. Wherefore lookest thou upon them that deal treacherously and holdest thy tongue when the wicked devoureth the man that is more righteous than he, and makest men as the fishes of the sea, as the creeping things that have no ruler over them. They take up all of them with the angle, they catch them in their net, 
and gather them in their drag. Therefore they rejoice and are glad. So it's the same whether it's um, speaking of the true gospel or a false gospel. Uh, Everyone is casting a net, it seems, into the sea. The sea would be this world, mankind, is uh, are the fish and and uh, there are of course many more multitudes more false gospels than than true gospels so there are many more fishermen of um the the other kinds of gospels especially today since the whole church it has become another gospel and no longer is the true gospel of the bible and and so it's not only the Mormons and Jehovah's Witnesses and uh, those that believe in tongues that are other Gospels. It's also the Presbyterians and the Episcopalians and the Lutherans and so forth. And they're all casting their net into the sea. And this was going on especially during the Great Tribulation. And that's why God commanded his people, come out of the churches, get away from that situation, from that fishing pier, go out into the world. And he he made his children, his elect fishers of men, out there in the world where the churches, yes, they ventured out uh, to uh, to find disciples every now and again, but primarily they stayed focused on their own churches. But out there... That's where God was going to save a great multitude of fish. And the great catch of fish in John 21 typifies that. The 153 fish that are are brought in and the net does not break. They represent that great multitude that comes out of great tribulation. But but anyway, now it's it's judgment day. Now the waters that were flowing forth abundantly out in the world outside of the churches, those waters now are affected by the judgment of God in the time of his wrath. The vials are poured out upon them as well. Therefore, any ministry that is outside of the church, any ministry that is involved in ministering the gospel outside of the congregations and yet they would have some understanding that the church age is over and yet they lack understanding concerning what God is doing in the time of judgment that he has ended his salvation program and they are continuing to fish or they're continuing to believe that the water of the gospels going forth, well, God is striking their water. He is striking the gospel of ministries outside of the churches and congregations as well as he did when he brought judgment on the church and the waters of the churches within the congregations. Remember back in Revelation chapter 8 when God... Uh, spoke of judging the third part. And this was the judgment that began on the house of God, a spiritual judgment that impacted the waters of all churches everywhere in the world. It says in Revelation 8, uh, in verse 8, 
And the second angel sounded, and as it were a great mountain burning with fire was cast into the sea. And the third part of the sea became blood, and the third part of the creatures which were in the sea and had life died, and the third part of the ships were destroyed. And if you read that, it's uh, the language of judgment on the third part goes on and on. Third part, third part, because it's concentrating, it's revealing the judgment of God on the church, which identified with the third part where the true believers were found throughout the church age. But now the time has come, the space to repent has passed, and God is visiting for the sins of the church and holding them accountable, and he ruins their gospel. That's why it says the third part of the sea became blood, and the third part of the creatures in the sea died. It's not the whole world, as we find in Revelation 16. It's not all the seas, but it's it's the judgment exclusively on the third part, the church. But now the time has moved on. We have progressed even further along into God's uh, timetable for this earth. We have gone through the Great Tribulation. The judgment on the third part of the waters is complete. They are all blood. And then the transition day of May 21, 2011, wherein outside of the churches was it was now this abundance of water. That water is turned to blood. And you might be thinking uh, of family radio. And, and when I was saying ministries outside of the church, that would include family radio. Because family radio, we have to... Um, acknowledge this. It's um, the case. God used family radio in an uh, unparalleled way to get the gospel out to the people of the world, to the nations outside of the churches. So there was this tremendous uh, sending forth of the gospel, and therefore tremendous waters were, were going forth from the ministry of family radio. But that sort of gospel declaration ended. Once God saved the great multitude, the purpose of the water was to bring life wherever it flowed. And you can read Ezekiel 47 to see that type of language. Wherever the water flowed, life came, and there was salvation. But once God completed his work of saving the great multitude, then the latter rain ceased. The water flow stopped, and now the Lord is saying that he is targeting those waters and turning them to blood. And 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 then you can't drink of them anymore. And the fish in the waters that are turned to blood die and stink, and there, uh, and it's all indicating there is no more salvation. And and tragically, when people think they're doing a good service, they think that it's their task still to proclaim the gospel, to give uh, water to a thirsty soul, 
all that they are doing, all that they possibly could do in a time like this is give a cup of water that has been turned to blood that no man can drink. Thanks for joining us for eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies. You can hear these studies Monday through Friday over PalTalk, Skype, eBible Fellowship's webcast audio, or over your phone. For more information or to hear other studies, visit www.ebiblefellowship.com. Until our next study, may the Lord's perfect will be done.